The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. This is the halfway point of the XFL season, week five. You know, there's ten weeks in the regular season, and week five is coming up. So, after this week's games, we will be halfway home on the XFL season, and hopefully you are crushing it in DFS or with your picks, uh, whatever it may be. But the XFL has been a lot of fun. It's been a nice, it's been a nice alternative to having no football, and uh, I've I've enjoyed it. And I know the people who are on today's podcast enjoy it as well. The rundown is Ben Gretsch, you guys know from the Fantasy Football Today podcast. R.J. White, Sportsline Football Gambling Analyst. He is now fourteen and two against the spread. What the hell, R.J. Couldn't couldn't keep the uh, the one loss streak going here. Huh? I will take fourteen and two any day of the week. I was hoping for fifteen and one. And the founder of Football Game Plan and Sportsline contributor Emery Hunt is also joining aboard. And of course, now that we have a couple of Sportsline guys on, you can join Sportsline, get picks from RJ, get picks from Emery, and picks from plenty of other really educated, smart people who follow sports. And it's not just football; it's every sport. Use the promo code Huddle Huddle to get your first month for a dollar. So uh, let's go around the horn real quick. Who was one player under the radar who impressed you in week five? Emery, I'll start with you. Well, one player under the radar, I would probably go with Matt Jones. I think he is a guy that is due for a bounce back game. Um, One that, you know, looking at this matchup against D.C., could have himself a huge day on the ground. So that would be one player that I'm looking forward to seeing this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Battlehawks, too, and say Brandon Riley. Uh, He had three catches for 46 yards on five targets. His role in the offense appears to be growing. He had three targets in week three. He was inactive in week two. He was a big play guy in college. He averaged 18.2 yards per reception at Nebraska. Picked up 21 yards on a third down last week as part of a scoring drive. I think he can keep picking up yardage in chunks, especially in this matchup. So I'm looking at him as a cheaper option. He kind of caught my eye. I think he's, he's kind of developing well in that offense. Yeah, I don't know how under the radar he is because he plays quarterback, but I'm going to go with B.J. Daniels because he took over at halftime for Seattle and absolutely lit a fire under that offense. His his rushing ability was immediately evident. He rushed for over 2,000 yards at USF. We don't know for sure if he's even going to start week five because Jim Zorn's kind of playing it coy. It's really no decision. I mean, Jim Zorn should have just in like the post-game locker room told the reporters who his starter was. It, it has to be B.J. Daniels because – he looks so much better than than Brandon Silvers. I mean, we're seeing it now all over the XFL that maybe the best quarterbacks are the ones that can run a little bit. You've got a PJ Walker in Houston who runs a little, Josh Johnson who can run a little bit, and uh, and Ta- Taamu can certainly run quite a bit. And now here's another one in BJ Daniels. I agree. I think Daniels is somebody who uh, is, is definitely got potential. I'm going to keep an eye on Saeed Blacknall. He had only three targets last week, but he had a 42 yard touchdown. Don't know if it's fluky or not. Don't know if we're going to get Nelson Spruce back for the Wildcats, but if he's out, I think there's potential for Blacknall to leap into that number three role 
for the Wildcats. All right, so let's start talking about the games, and, and let's just run down the games, uh, who's playing who, what the spreads are for this week. We've got the Seattle Dragons at the Houston Roughnecks, Roughnecks 13.5-point favorites, and we think that it's going to be B.J. Daniels starting uh, at quarterback for Seattle, but we don't know for sure. They could both play. We've seen that from a bunch of XFL teams so far this year. Uh, the Guardians taking on the Renegades, Dallas, eight-point favorites. We do know that Landry Jones is out, and Matt McGloin is practicing for New York. So huge question mark there for, for the Guardians as far as who their quarterback will be. And uh, what we, Philip Nelson is going to be the quarterback, RJ, for, right. for Dallas. Is that what we're looking at? As far as I know, yeah. Okay. That, that's what a scintillating matchup that that may end up being. <laughs> Uh, with both starting quarterbacks potentially gone. Uh, St. Louis at D.C. What has happened to Cardale Jones? He and the defenders, four-point underdogs at home against the Battlehawks. Matt Jones does seem to have maybe a knee issue. Kept him out of practice on Wednesday. Same thing for Kristen Michael, although that was with an illness. And the Vipers, they won last week. They won convincingly over those defenders. They are on the road playing at L.A. The Wildcats are two-point favorites. We don't know about Nelson Spruce. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, LA's running backs, Marchez Carter and Larry Rose, uh, they're limited. We don't know what their status will be for their game. And Devion Smith didn't practice on Wednesday. So we're not quite sure exactly what his status will be. And that's something that could matter quite a bit when we set your DFS lineups this week. Just something that you got to keep your eye on. RJ and Emery, do you guys have a best bet of the weekend yet? Yeah, I'm going to look at the uh, that game, even with all the injury question marks. I like the Wildcats minus two. Uh, teams traveling cross-country are 0-4 against the spread on the season. The travel's still not priced right to me. I know Tampa had a great game there, but I think you got to you know account for it more, and the spread isn't doing it. Despite only scoring 14 last week, the L.A. offense still played well. They averaged 6.25 yards per play, which is way better than average. It's been two straight excellent weeks for both the Wildcats offense and defense to me, and the Vipers have played the three worst teams they could, aside from that rough next game. Uh, so I don't think they'll be able to win on a tough, t- tough travel spot against a team that's playing well in the Wildcats. The bane of my existence is that travel discussion like we talked about off the air, man. If you can't catch at home, you can't catch on the road. Don't matter if you're playing uh, at on the moon or in Houston. Uh, and speaking of the Roughnecks, I look at that line being a little bit too much. Uh, and this is all assuming they start B.J. Daniels at quarterback. I do think Seattle's defense will play well. And I think that's going to keep this game a little bit closer than that 13 and a half point spread. So I would say take Seattle in the points if they start B.J. Daniels. But I do think defensively, Seattle will play inspired ball. Uh, Right now, Houston still, to me, a little bit one dimensional. They have lapses during the game where they allow you to come back. And I think if B.J. Daniels is a quarterback, which also will mean their run game will be successful, will chew up that clock and they'll shrink this ball game. So I think this will be a lot closer and what many people think. We have seen Houston. They are tied for the league lead in points per game allowed with 22. That's up there with L.A., so there's certainly an opportunity there for Seattle to put some points on the board and kind of crush that mark. Okay, let's discuss the quarterbacks for DFS. We're going to focus on DraftKings. We'll go position by position. P.J. Walker leads the way in price, 12000 That's been basically the Lamar Jackson of the XFL so far. He's just been... Dominating. He didn't have a monster game last week, but he was pretty good. Josh Johnson at ten point five, and that I'll just I'll say when I give the number, I'm just going to give the the top number uh, and round it up, not round it up, but shorten it instead of saying ten thousand five hundred ten point five. You guys will catch on pretty quickly. Uh, Jordan Tiamu nine point seven, Cardell Jones flat nine, 
Taylor Cornelius, 8.5. Let's start with Tiamu, who if if there was no P.J. Walker, Emery, he might be the MVP going away of the XFL. What do you think of his price this week, and do you think he might be the best value on the board? I think he may be the best value. I like how efficient he's playing. He's playing P.J. Walker-style football, but in a different way. And they're moving that offense down the field. He's a little bit more of a runner than P.J. Walker. Walker is more of your scrambler to find someone deep down the field. Tiamo has done a great job of taking off and running and being a true dual threat. So I think because of how they play in conjunction with that offensive line, how they're running the football, what he's doing in the passing game, he's a very good valuable uh, value option right now this week. I like him as a start. Yeah, my, my biggest issue with Tayamu is that he doesn't get in the end zone enough. He, in three of his four games, he's had one touchdown or zero touchdowns. So uh, he's been able to make up for it with his rushing yards in some sense, but I think he really kind of lowers his ceiling um, if, if you know, you're, you're not getting those touchdowns. So if he can break through and get a couple touchdowns, I think he could be a great value option. But if I'm paying up for a guy, I want, I want him to get in the end zone. But if you're going to pay up for a guy, you've got to go almost a thousand more in salary to get Josh Johnson. You've got to go, you know, almost two over two thousand more to get PJ Walker. So I think the value at ninety seven hundred for Tiamu is great. Uh, ben, what about BJ Daniels in Seattle? Or is it if we know for sure that he's going to be the starter for the Dragons, he seems like a no brainer at seventy two hundred. But what if he's not? What if we don't get official word? Can you trust him in your lineup? I still think you can use him. It's it's hard. It's hard. It'll be harder to do in cash, especially uh, if we do get word that he's the starter. Uh, he's going to be my highest known quarterback this week. Houston, you you noted um, Houston has given up a, a lot of points against. If if you break it down by position, they've been particularly vulnerable against opposing quarterbacks, and a big reason for that is they've given up four rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks so far this year. They gave up a rushing touchdown to Chad Kanoff in Week One. He's not even very mobile. Uh, they gave up one to Te'amu in week two. They gave up rush touchdowns to both Cornelius and Quinton Flowers for Tampa in week three. Uh, last week against Landry Jones, the first time they didn't give up a rushing touchdown to a quarterback. And with Daniel's mobility and the fact that, that Houston is so heavily favored, and I do like Seattle to kind of have a backdoor cover opportunity, if Houston gets out in front, Daniels is going to drop back. Houston's going to do exactly what they've done that's led to this quarterback rushing, uh, which is they've been out ahead and they've played soft in the back end. And then these quarterbacks have have room to scramble. It's gonna it's gonna help Daniels rack up a ton of rushing yards in the second half. I think his floor would be very very high if we know he's playing, and I think we have to kind of expect that. Can anybody make a case for PJ Walker here as being worth the twelve thousand? Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. All right, go for it, RJ. Um, yeah, you have so many other uh, question marks at the quarterback position. Why not just take the best guy? Seattle's D has the worst completion percentage allowed, second worst in yards per attempt. I think Walker's floor is so high that paying up is worth it to me because you know you're getting a nice little base level production. Expect multiple touchdowns there. And with that Seattle defense not playing well, I I mean, I I like the safety there and then trying to fool around in other positions. Same question, but with Cardell Jones. Is it, is it contrarian to go with Cardell Jones at 9,000, or is that just kind of dumb to do at this point? Well, at some point, he has to bounce back. Uh, you look at what happened the first two weeks. He was outstanding. The last two weeks, I think it kind of got to him, and you saw him rattle for the first time since he's been playing football. We hadn't seen that at Ohio State. We hadn't seen it during the preseason in the NFL. He usually just keeps on firing, so it makes you wonder what's going on uh, right now in the last two weeks in D.C. So I do think he's probably you know a guy that you could start and he should have a bounce back game, so to speak. But he's playing a very good defense 
in St. Louis, and you just hope that he can get back on the right track statistically, but also from a mental standpoint, because right now I think he's starting to, you know, read the press clippings and, and find himself a little bit uh, underwhelmed, uh, overwhelmed as far as, you know, the pressure of being a starting quarterback. And this is something we hadn't seen from him because, again, he's been starting in advantageous situations in college, didn't really start in the NFL at all, has been playing preseason ball. So this is his first real opportunity as a pro to go through some adversity. I would love to see him bounce back because he's got great receivers around him. I think he has the opportunity to do it in time. But I agree with you, Emory. I think that this is a tough matchup for him to get that done. All right, let's move on. I'm, I'm curious to see who everybody picked to be their quarterback when we get to the lineups later and how many of you did go with P.J. Walker. But for now, let's look at the running backs. Most expensive running back on the board is Cameron Artis Payne. He's at 8.2. Devion Smith, 7.9, right behind him. Lance Dunbar at 7.6. His highest price of the year, but he's given you at least 12 fantasy points on DraftKings every week this season. Would you would would you guys say that he's the safest running back out there given given what he's been doing this year? Yeah, I would yeah, him him or Cameron Artis Payne, in my opinion, just because of how heavily Dallas has thrown to their backs and Nelson through the backs even more than, than Landry Jones. And now that Nelson's back in at quarterback, I mean, back in week one, he completed 15 passes to four different backs. They've since moved down to basically a two-back system with Cameron Arch, Payne, and Dunbar. Those guys are going to catch multiple passes every single week. Uh, I definitely think they, they're the safest for sure. Yeah, that's the weird thing about uh, last week was Dunbar had two catches. Artis Payne had a bunch of catches. They kind of flipped their their roles. But but with uh, Nelson being a, more of a check down guy, I think Dunbar is going to rack up those targets and those receptions this week. So he's a very safe pick. Let's talk about some of the other running backs that are on the board. Matt Jones at 7,300. Uh, Jacques Patrick, 7,000. Huge price jump, but he does have 10 or more fantasy points in two of his last three. Uh, Emery, is, is he the top running back play in Tampa, even if Devion Smith goes? Because last week, both of them got the ball a ton for the Vipers. I think both will continue to get the ball. And I was wrong when I said that, uh, you know, that their production was based off Quentin Flowers. You look at last week without Quentin Flowers, they ran the football really well. So I got to give a shout out to RJ for pointing that out um, during last week's show uh, two weeks ago uh, and what they were able to do on the ground. Their offensive line is fantastic, but both backs are doing a great job in running the football. But in this situation, I think it's all about the hot hand. If right now they're running the football well, and we saw Quentin Flowers join the team again, and he's requested a trade. So I do feel as though Cornelius will be the starter, obviously, this week. And they're going to run their way to success. The two things that travel, run game, defense. Right now, the run game is spearheading their offense. I think that's how they can have success against Los Angeles. So either it's Patrick or Smith, you can't go wrong with either one, in my opinion. I think both will get work. And obviously, if Devion Smith does not play, doesn't end up going in the game, then Jacques Patrick at 7,000 will be a very popular DFS play. Uh, James Butler at 6,700. Um, let's talk about two other running backs that I have, we haven't mentioned yet. One of them is Nick Holly. Scored last week, 7,100, humongous price junk, almost to the point where he might be too restrictive. And remember, Holly. They moved him a wide receiver, but you can use him as a running back still. Ben, what do you what do you think about Holly now? Can you still use him as a running back? I thought you couldn't. Um, I think I, they changed that after week two. I think did week, they? week three they moved him. That, to that's receiver. my bad. But okay, you can still flex him, and if he's yeah. wide receiver uh, eligible, then you can move him there. Should we talk about him when we move to wide receivers then? 
Yeah, I mean, we can talk about him now. He's playing a, a ton of snaps. Him and, and, and Khalil Lewis and Cam Phillips are basically full-timers in their four wide receiver sets. Holly and Lewis out of the slot. Last week, it was it was so clear that uh, whatever Dallas was doing on the back end was funneling targets into the slot because Lewis and Holly got a ton of targets. Blake Jackson, a rotational receiver, also scored out of the slot. And we didn't see a lot of targets towards Cam Phillips or the rotation on the other outside spot, which is Sammy Coates and Sam Mobley. None of those outside receivers got targets. It was just very clear that it was a, a slot dominant um you know, way to break down the defense that, that Dallas was was throwing at them. So I, I do think some of that will shift back to the outside receivers and we should expect a bounce back game for Cam Phillips. So I'm not necessarily going to chase Holly up to his high price. Okay. And yes, he is only receiver eligible on DraftKings, price 7,100, 24 fantasy points last week. He had 22 fantasy points combined in weeks one through three. So you're looking for some regression there from Mr. Holly on the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, a favorite cheap running back, perhaps. Let's go to everybody, and I'll start with Ben. Do you have a favorite cheap RB for this week? Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to have to get a little bit more injury information, but Keith Ford could be in play if uh, Christian Michael and Matt Jones, who are both kind of banged up, miss the game. Um, I'm also like... We, we we also don't know about Martez Carter is the other name I wanted to mention. We like he was very good in, in week three, and then LA's backfield also wasn't uh wasn't good in week four with him out. If he's back, but he's questionable right now. But if he's back here for week five, he's been the only productive back for their backfield and looked electric, scored three touchdowns. He yeah. should almost certainly be their lead back, and he's very affordable as well. We definitely flip for Carter and forty six hundred is his price. Uh Emery, a sleeper running back? I would say Donnell Pumphrey, the best way to get your quarterback out of a slump is to turn around and hand that football off to a tailback. And if you're watching Pumphrey run the football, you're starting to see him get into what we call that running back groove where he's starting to fill out the offensive line, doing a great job of anticipating what the defense is trying to do to him. And he's almost about to bust those long runs. I think this is the week that it can happen against an over-aggressive defense in St. Louis. Now, don't you think he's also a little bit matchup proof where if DC just blows out of LA, um, Pumphrey can just, he could rack up carries. And if they're playing from behind, then he could catch a bunch of passes. So I feel like he's kind of safe. And at 6,400, not exactly super cheap at running back, but I think he's somebody who, who could be that sleeper guy for, for your lineup if you don't want to spend too, too much on your running back spot. So I agree with you, Emery. RJ, do you have a favorite cheap running back? I also like Carter. Uh, the Wildcats other running backs have struggled too, and he had that big performance, so I think he definitely is the guy there. Uh, keep an eye on uh, Battlehawk Sherman Batty at 3,000. He was activated off PUP this week. Uh, they were waived another running back. Now he could just go onto the inactive list, but if these other guys are dealing with a sickness and, and the knee injury, and there could be some work that opens up for him. Uh, so at 3,000, you know, I was looking at a lineup where I just went heavy on receivers and just needed a super cheap running back and i'm okay just throwing him in there and kind of punting on the running back spot and hoping he's active and gets a couple points maybe or you know he shows up and uh, has a little bit more of a role so that would be another guy to keep an eye on is everybody well, here, here's i want to give you a quick scout report on Beatty out of two lane uh home run hitting speed you talk about a guy that doesn't need much so if he's only getting eight to nine carries a game two of them are going to be chunk plays because he has that that lightning speed that you look for it's good to know. I like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, is everybody's favorite expensive wide receiver Trey McBride at this point? 30 or more fantasy points each of his two games this year. 
priced at 9.7? I still have Phillips ahead of him. Uh, McBride has, has looked great. And, um, you know, I, I think you have to be very optimistic about him. We don't know if Spruce will be back this week. I, I suspect when Spruce is back, you know, I, Josh Johnson's going to have two of the best, uh, definitely the best wide receiver duo in the league, and he's going to have plenty of, of options. But I suspect that Spruce will still get plenty of targets, and McBride will have to contend with that a little bit. Phillips, for me, is one down game, but has been so good, so consistent, better offense. Um, not that Los Angeles is a bad offense. They're clearly emerging into the number two spot in, in terms of the, the top offenses. So uh, I like McBride as well, but for me, Phillips is still a tier above. Uh, I like Phillips as well. Like uh, it's tough matchup last week. Josh Hawkins was on the outside. They were talking about him as a shutdown corner, which I don't know if you have those in the XFL, but apparently uh, <laughs> he was being treated as such because Walker just wasn't looking there. As they were saying, you funneled him into the slot, the, the targets into the slot. So I think you could have a bounce back game there. And uh, I hope the bad game scares some people away from this big price. And the Dragons defense has been susceptible to big plays in the passing game. We've seen what Phillips can do with those big plays. So uh, I would just go with him right now and uh, and hope that other people kind of stay away. It was incredible that uh, Walker threw 41 times and Phillips only had three targets in the game. So not much of a target share for, for Cam Phillips. Uh, Emery, do you have a favorite expensive receiver? Expensive? I don't know. I, I would say I like Dan Williams out of Tampa Bay. Um, I think he's been one of the more consistent wideouts game to game uh, for the Vipers in the, in the XFL. And I think right now he's their number one. They got their running game going. They try to feature the tight end, but he can't catch the football consistently. Williams has been the only one that has shown up each and every week, and I think he can have a Trey McBride-type performance this upcoming game. He had nine targets in week one, four in week two, seven in week three, 11 in week four, 14 or more points in all the games where he's had at least seven targets. So as long as he's getting fed, I like his chances to to, to play well, and he's at 8,500, so not nearly as expensive as somebody like Cam Phillips. And that opportunity was there the last two weeks, especially that's when Cornelius was under center for the Vipers. So there could be a connection there between Cornelius and Dan Williams. Dan Williams is one of the big guys that that's making waves in the last couple of weeks. So too has Donald Parham, 9,500. Um, he, he's been great. Can he keep it up without Landry Jones under center? I would think so because uh, he's that huge target that if you're a a uh, quarterback, you know, trying to rely on one guy, you're going to just throw it to him. You saw that play; they kept on running over and over and just threw it to him in, in the middle of the field. I don't see why Nelson can't just do that if they put him under center. So I think there's a nice little floor for him as well. He just gets a bunch of targets. What about Rashad Ross, Ben? Uh, Seventy eight hundred. It's his lowest price tag of the year. He was a first round pick in a lot of XFL seasonal drafts. And he really hasn't quite delivered the huge numbers yet. Uh, is are are people should should we be impatient with him? Should we not consider him at this point, or do you think we can go right back to him? Oh, I I absolutely think you you got to stay on on him. He's going to blow up very soon. He probably should have had a hundred yard, potentially multiple touchdown game last week. That he he wasn't playing full time snaps in the first two weeks, but he caught six of the seven passes he saw for over one hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown the last two weeks he's been playing he's gotten a bigger role but the dc offense as we talked about has just been really poor they're going to bounce back at some point cardell's going to play better uh potentially as as soon as this week i know it's a tough matchup with st louis but he's back at home uh, but the past two weeks rashad ross's role has expanded he's gotten 13 targets ton of downfield targets ton of air yards he's only caught four of them and last week in particular in the fourth quarter cardell had him on a deep post 
five yards clear of the Tampa Bay back uh, defensive back. Should have been a 73 yard touchdown. He just kind of overshot him. He had to step up in the pocket, was moving towards the line of scrimmage as he threw it and just kind of sailed it a little bit. Um, you know, Ross also got clearly tackled in the first quarter on a play that should have been a defensive pass interference that wasn't called. Um, and, and Jones underthrew him on another one that was intercepted, but he's taking shots downfield to Ross every single game. And Ross has been open a couple of times. Jones has missed him the last couple of weeks. It's going to hit. It's going to hit soon. That's, that's an, that's a very good take. I like that. And that's somebody that I think can be a real sneaky contrarian play this week. Uh, there's one more expensive receiver that we have to bring up. It's D Mornay Pearson L. Uh, 9.2. He's only had one game with more than five targets, but he's caught 21 of 23 targets going his way. How do we feel about Pearson L? Is he somebody that should um, be a good uh, alternative play, uh, a pivot, if you will, from Donald Parham since they're right in the same type of price range? Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know that I trust him that much. You know, he's five targets last week, three the week before, four four in week one. So yep. he's only had one big game. Uh, so if you're not getting a touchdown, then then I don't know what you can expect. And like I said earlier, Tiamu hasn't thrown a ton of touchdowns. So if you think that Tiamu is going to have a big game, multiple touchdown passes, sure, I would play Pearson L. But I think his price is a little too much to expect, you know, that he's going to have. He's going to give you the, the 18 to 20 that you want. Sure, sure. And that makes sense. All right, let's talk about the cheaper wide receivers that are out there. Um, I'll start with Saeed Blacknall, who had that long catch last week. His price is 3600 If you're just looking for a cheap receiver to give a shot, I think he could be the guy. He's especially appealing if Nelson Spruce does not play in the game again. L.A. waived Kermit Whitfield, so there is opportunity there for Blacknall to go in. And like I said earlier, be that number three wide receiver. Uh, Nick Truesdell is expected to come back. He may be Wally Pitt by Dan Williams, though, Emery, so I don't know how comfortable you would be going with him at 4,700. If not him, is there another wide receiver at a cheaper price point that you would put in your lineup? I will look at Mikel McKay. You look at what happened last week for the New York Guardians with Luis Perez starting at quarterback. He made their offense watchable and productive, which means their defense played exceptionally well. McKay is a guy that needed some consistency at the pivot position. He got that last week with Luis Perez. I think because Perez is going to go go in probably as a starter, as we know McGloin has practiced this week, but last week, watching how the offense ran, it would behoove Coach Gilbride to go back to um, you know Perez and, and ride that hot hand. I think because of the passing game and how it looked competent last weekend against Los Angeles, we could see a growth in that in, in those opportunities for Mikael McKay, who's a big play waiting to happen. And he's at his lowest price of the year on DraftKings at sixty eight hundred. RJ under the radar wide receiver. Yeah, I'll go back to what you just said about Truesdale. Speaking of low prices, he was priced in the high 6,000s in his first two weeks when he had 11 targets. Now he's back. He's at 4,700. So I think that's a, a place where you're getting a lot of value there. And he's back in practice, so it looks like he'll be back. But the key thing is the matchup. In LA's last three games, a tight end led opponents in receiving yardage. And then in week one, they played Houston, who doesn't have a tight end. So um, this seems like an offense that this seems like a defense where you're going to attack with the tight end. And that really sets up well for Truesdale to have a good game coming back. Ben, what have you got at wide receiver? Yeah, I like both those guys. Um, I'll, I'll throw out another name for St. Louis because I think, you know, being on the road and if we can see a little bit of a bounce back game from Cardell, uh, I do like Talmud this week to have to throw a little bit more. He's been able to um, lean on the run game or, or that's their kind of their philosophy uh, the last couple of weeks as they've, as they've led games. But 
if they have to throw a little bit more, I like Alonzo Russell a lot. Uh, I think uh, you mentioned Pearson Allen, Damian Washington is the other name that are kind of the, the two main receivers for St. Louis. But I think Alonzo Russell is more involved than people realize and is pretty affordable and is a name that uh, I think could have a, a decent day in D.C. So his price is 5100 It's his lowest price in three weeks. And last week was a real dud for him. He only had the one target. Uh, he caught it, got you seven yards and two whole fantasy points. But before that, he had at least nine in his previous three games. So there's a lot to be encouraged about with Russell. And and I think there is a chance that D.C., if they give St. Louis a fight, uh, they will have to throw a little bit more. That would be great for Tiamu, and that would be good for Alonzo Russell as well. Um, let's Let's go to the lineups now. Why don't we? Let's just see what everybody's lineups look like. Uh, I, I'll go first. I don't mind going first because I'm probably the biggest fish here when it comes to the XFL. I did go with Tiamo, a quarterback, and uh, I'm, I'm stacking him with Keith Ford. I'm wondering if Keith Ford can keep it going. I'm not sure if Matt Jones is at 100%. Chris and Michael, I expect him to play. He hasn't looked good this season. Ford might get the nod in the game against D.C., and if they win this game, then Ford should get plenty of opportunities, and I hope that he can bounce back and catch a couple of passes. My two starting receivers are Trey McBride. I am going to stick with him so long as Nelson Spruce is out, and I've got Parham as my other wide receiver, even though he's a tight end at 9,500 against New York. I think he can continue to catch a bunch of passes. Uh, with Devion Smith questionable, I do have Patrick in as one of my flexes. Don't know if I love the idea of having a running back in my flex when I can go with a receiver, but if Patrick's the lead guy for Tampa Bay against LA, I, I like his chances to get a lot of touches. Keenan Reynolds is an under the radar guy. We didn't talk about him, but at 6,500, he does have potential. And I think Seattle will have to play from behind against Houston. And I want the guardians on defense, 3,200. They're playing against Dallas. We know Landry Jones isn't going to play. I'm hoping that works out well for the guardians defense. Yeah, uh, I'm actually on the Guardians, too. They had the Avions play too well, but they do have the best sack rate in the league, and that should help against the backup quarterback. My lineup, P.J. Walker, 12,000. There I, it is. I, I went okay. with it. Um, running back Matt Jones, you know, he's been missing practice early in the week for weeks with that injury, and he comes out and plays. I think he bounces back from from that bad performance last week in a good matchup. Receiver Cam Phillips and Nick Holly stacking them both with Walker, just going heavy on that Houston team when they're favored by you know, 13 and a half, 14 points with the highest over-under in, in, in the game. I think that's where you want to attack. Two flexes, Nick Truesdahl, uh, you know, we just mentioned, talked about him. I think he's going to have a, a a good expectation on his value um, considering where he was before he got hurt. And then Brandon Riley, I'm going to try to take that uh, that Battlehawks offense and take a guy that has been getting his workload increased. So I'm hoping at 3,700 he'll pay off for me there. And then, yeah, the Guardians at defense. I'm just going to hope that the backup quarterback, uh, you know, playing against him is going to help me. So I, I did a B.J. Daniels lineup. I, I want to – jump just headfirst into BJ Daniels and the the Seattle kind of comeback narrative They're, they'll be behind but he's going to get some things going for him so stacked him with with Keenan Reynolds and and brought it back with Cam Phillips in that matchup and then I have Dunbar at running back and Rashad Ross who I already mentioned and Alonzo Russell who I already mentioned and then Dallas's defense um against New York so Pretty much all names that we've discussed so far, but when you play Daniels, you get a lot more flexibility. You can fit in a couple uh, upper upper price players at, at the other positions. Yeah, I love that lineup for a tournament. I think that that's got some crazy good upside, Ben. So I, I kudos to you for that one. Emery, your lineup for this week, week five in the XFL. Well, I'm going with Chalk at quarterback in P.J. Walker, just consistent one. The one we know for sure is going to start this week is P.J. Walker. So 
that's been the, the constant. So I'm going with him at quarterback. I like Pumphrey at running back. I do like Keenan Reynolds uh, at one of the flex spots. At receiver, I'm going Mikael McKay. I'm also going with Ross. I think they're going to connect him and Cardell Jones on some big plays down the field. Defensively, I do like the Guardians' defense against a backup quarterback who is also in a heavy pass offense. I also like another one of those flex guys to be uh, Lance Dunbar this week in Dallas. And my tight end going with Dallas again, Parham, he's 6'9". It's hard to not put a 6'9 player in your lineup in an offense with a backup quarterback that throws a lot. He's 6'9". He's 22 years old. And I, I, I saw somewhere that he was running at 21.1 miles per hour during his touchdown catch and run last week, Emery. This this could be a prospect that makes an NFL, um, maybe an NFL roster out of training camp this year. He's really been impressive, and he's got well, a lot of potential, don't you think? Well, absolutely. And you look at the reason why the XFL has been a smash hit, in my opinion, because when you looked at him scouting him coming out of Stetson, he was out at the, the Senior Bowl. He legit was 6'9". 75 pounds. He was built like a lowercase L. Now he's grown into his body. He's thinking out his frame and he's developed some new ones. So not only did he get used to a full year of strength and conditioning at the pro level and also uh, added some more, some more food to his body, but he landed in a great spot to where he was able to smooth out a lot of roughness in his game because he landed in a passing offense with Bob Stoops and company. So not only did he grow physically, but also he matured mentally and also from a football uh, IQ perspective. So if he goes back into the NFL, they're getting a completely different prospect now than what they got when he came out of college. And if you're like Emery, you'll have him in your DFS lineup. If you're like me, you'll have him in your DFS lineup. But even if you don't choose him, we wish you tons of luck. We hope that you guys crush it as you continue to enjoy the XFL and make it a profitable and enjoyable experience around the board. Thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Football Today podcast, XFL edition. For Emery Hunt, Ben Gretsch, RJ White, producer Ben Schrager, I'm Dave Richard. Thanks for coming out. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!